Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? All right, today we're going to talk about how we can find out and how much we can find out and what it takes to get there. So let's say in this case, I want to find out at a level of seven. Okay, so I find that level on my graph and I come horizontally to my gradient line. Where it intersects with my gradient line, I'm going to come straight down to where it intersects with my round line. That there is going to tell me how much I have to around to find out what I need to find out. See, as you can see, the more you around, the more you're going to find out. And also, if you stay down here and you never around, you'll never find out. So I hope this lesson is helpful. Thank you. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to have you aboard. Hey, join our million download strong family of the Wendy Bell Radio podcast. That's all you have to put in your search bar there, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Wendy Bell Radio. Welcome aboard. Give you a, give us a five-star review. Like us, follow us, share us. We appreciate you help, uh, helping us grow our family. You know, I think about how, how complicated it would be to be a member of Congress. To be a conservative, and I'm conservative to the core, I'm a common sense woman, right? When you have children, I don't care if you have one child, you have five or you have 12. You have to be a common sense leader of your own caucus, your family, right? You have to be able to help the children in your family cooperate, You have to be able to encourage but offer discipline, all the while working your tail off to provide for everybody so that they have the luxury of not worrying about, I don't know, where food is going to come from. Are the bills going to get paid? Imagine being a conservative, a true, making America great, loving Republican. The person that everybody wants to scorn which tells you everything. How do you sit in that chamber and look across at the Democratic Party or even at the the rhinos, those who are masquerading as conservatives, who are really not at all because they're members of the Uniparty. They vote with Democrats. They don't vote according to your wishes. How do you make sense knowing that these people are fundamentally for and have facilitated the destruction of this country in an amazing amount of speed. These are the people who are for open borders. That's a full stop. How are you for that? How is your hair not on fire seeing the video of humanity rushing across Arizona and in Texas? How, how, do, you not, how do you not see that as something so fundamentally unsustainable, dangerous, and wrong? Right. These are the people who thought it was a great idea during a virus not to push the brakes and say, hey, let's calm down, America. There's something that's spreading. We believe that we've got our fingers on it. We're going to do something for a little while. We hope it's going to help. 
And we, we hope that you can do this with us. It became an addictive power grab. How many governors wielded their magic wand of tyranny to extend their emergency powers? And did any of us benefit? No, because that is what predicated the obnoxious multi-trillion dollar spending measures, which these people had the audacity to get up and celebrate as a photo op. They put a freaking bow on it. It was 2,000 pages. This is fundamentally what Matt Gates is saying is wrong. It is everything that you know is wrong. If you want to balance the budget, stick with that. If you want to secure the border, present that. Any of these issues can be managed without all things being mushed together with trillions of dollars of spending that they then lie to us and tell us didn't tick up inflation. Well, really? Do you think we're stupid? Because we're paying the bills. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I manage every payment in our family. I know how much money we have. I know where it's going. I know what's coming down the road. I do. These people in Congress apparently lost track of the economics of survival and they got so drunk on power that they started doing ridiculous things and then they got so lazy. Wait, I mean, you want us to work? What? What are you doing? Democrats did that with help from these rhinos, from people who pretend to be something that they're not. And I find those people far more reprehensible. And I'm going to sit back with my ample supply of Jiffy Pop. And I'm going to watch these votes. And I'm going to sit down in my comfortable chair. And I'm going to watch me some C-SPAN. Because it's all going to come out in the wash. That's why they're Laura Ingram. But Matt, you don't have the votes. But Matt, it can't happen. But Matt, the Senate. But Matt, why even try? But Matt, what about running for governor? But Matt, will you have regrets? Why would I regret? You don't look down the road when you make a huge move and say, well, if it all blows up, you want to have contingencies. Yeah, but you don't you don't upset things thinking you're going to fail. Nobody walks into battle and says, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose. Because if you do, you will. And that's exactly what Laura Ingram and all the hacks at Fox News, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, oh, I know about the Constitution. I'm going to yell at you. This is what they're doing. And sometimes you hear some voices that you've enjoyed that have popped forward, that have done some good things, that tweet things that resonate with you as a common sense conservative. And sometimes they, they step forward and you don't support their views. This was me today with two people, Thomas Massey and Jim Jordan. I want you to hear the, the uh, congressman from Kentucky, Massey. He's going to tell you that in the U.S. House of Representatives, trying is enough. Just trying. We tried. You know, I tried. You're an addict. Well, I tried to get clean. Well, I did call the rehab center. Well, you know, I tried not to take that. That's what he wants. He wants you to know he tried. And that's good enough. How does this sound to you? You decide. Go. I was a party to the January agreement. 
And I can tell you that there were promises in there, but, but there was never a promise for an outcome. There was never a promise that you could force Joe Biden to sign something. There was only the promise that we would try, and try we have. We have tried in the Rules Committee. We have tried on the floor. We've been trying this since the summer. And there's enough blame to go around for why we don't have 12 bills. But part of it was a relitigation of the debt limit deal. By the way, there was no promise on the debt limit deal. No conditions on that in January. Zero whatsoever. I was in the room for that. We tried. What more do you want? We tried couples therapy. It didn't work. How disappointing. How predictable, though. Wouldn't you rather know? I sure would. If Matt Gates hadn't lobbed that grenade, would we be knowing this way? Jim Jordan, two sound bites, three sound bites. Disappointing. I will tell you that's my feeling. You judge your decision. This is what he says. He says, McCarthy, this is before the vote to oust him. McCarthy, he did what he said he was going to do. Come again. Audio soundbite one. January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security Immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress, passed earlier this year. We have done what we told them we were going to do. We can't help but the Senate won't take up those good common sense bills. They'll have to answer to the American people come election day. But if you pass measures that have no teeth, what is the point? Am I missing something here? He wants you to say, but we said we would do something and we did something. It didn't really work, but we tried. That's good enough, right? Is that how you is that how you live your life? Well, you know, well, I tried. Didn't really work, but yay for me. I'm sorry. You're the freaking Congress. We didn't vote you in to be average. We sure as hell didn't vote you in to suck. Audio soundbite number two, he continues, and he says yes. The oversight hearings have been huge. Our committees have done wonderful things. Do you guys really think that that's because of Kevin McCarthy? Audio soundbite two, go. Because of our oversight, we know that parents were targeted by the Department of Justice. Because of our oversight, we know that 51 former intel officials misled the country weeks before the most important election we have. And because of our oversight, the disinformation governance board at the Department of Homeland Security is gone. Because of our oversight, the memo attacking pro-life Catholics has been rescinded. Because of our oversight, unannounced visits to Americans' home by the Internal Revenue Service has stopped. That happened under Speaker McCarthy. Where are the damn January 6th tapes, Jim? Show us the video. Let America decide. Because then the whole shit, the, the whole storyline about January 6th, oh, it was a bunch of Trump supporters. Oh, they came to the Capitol. They wanted to overthrow the government. Oh, my God, the horror of it all. The attack on democracy would blow up in everyone's face. 
And then you'd have a hell of a lot of people with some lawsuits, wouldn't you? Best throw them away, label them something they're not, create a false narrative to, pro to provide the, the requisite smoke that you need to cover your fraud, malfeasance, and corruption. And there's more, which we will get to in just a moment on this program. And, by the way, as a little programming note, do not go anywhere. Because we're going live on Maui. We're going to go live to Lahaina. There's something big you need to know about that they don't want you to know about. And we will blow it up in moments right here on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I have to be honest. I, uh, I'm kind of taken aback by Jim Jordan's comments yesterday before the vote. I I'm kind of surprised. I believe he, he loves his country. But I cannot get behind, and I would not have gotten behind Kevin McCarthy. Just could not have done it. You got to go along to get along, or get along to go along, or whatever the hell it is. No, you don't. It's not working. We are, uh, we are drowning in debt. You cannot live like this. You could not run your family like this. And they want a blank check to continue doing this. That is why I said the House of Representatives is now officially in rehab. Because somebody stood up and had an intervention. You need help. We need help. And it starts now. Jim Jordan's final comment to his caucus. No, no, no. We need to keep McCarthy. He's kept his word to us. Come again. You decide. Listen. We know there's a big old ugly bill coming at the end of the year. All kinds of spending, all kinds of garbage in it. We're still in that fight. Frankly, to Matt's point, we don't know how that one's going to shake out. But we do know this. We do know this. On Saturday, we didn't take the Senate's bill. They tried to send over and shove it down our throats on Saturday. We didn't take that bill. And it was a tough position he was in. There were five options on the table last week. Option one was to send a long-term CR over there that would have leveraged the 1% cut, something a bunch of us voted for. Both parties couldn't get the votes for that one. Second option was to focus on the one issue the country now is completely focused on, the border issue. We couldn't get the votes for that one either. But when the Senate tried to send us that bill, he said no to it. I think the Speaker has kept his word. I know my colleagues and friends are saying different. I think he has kept his word on those three things that we talked about on January 3rd, frankly, that entire week. He has kept his word. I think we should keep him as speaker. I yield back. Hey, Jim, he made a side deal with Democrats to keep funding Ukraine. An overwhelming majority of Americans who are struggling in their own households don't want to keep freaking funding Ukraine with no receipts. All right, I need to make a hard pivot here because we've got an important segment coming up. We're going to be going back live after this next break, to Lahaina to talk to our friend Phil. It's not his name, but he's got to be careful about what he says. He's going to tell us the truth. Where'd all the relief money go? Now, Josh Green, governor, wants Maui to reopen on Saturday to tourism. And we've got residents who are homeless after that fire. You need to hear this story from the local news station there. K-H-O-N, as they grease the skids for this conversation we're about to have. Listen to the disconnect of government. Go. 
West Maui County Council Member Tamara Paulton says October 8th is much too soon to bring tourism back to her area. Majority of the people, if they want to go back to work, it's because they have that fear and uncertainty about moving forward. If there was financial relief, they could be out serving their own community instead of serving tourists. Over 14,000 signed a petition to delay the October 8 reopening date, almost 5,000 of those from Maui residents. Pa'ele Kiakona bringing the box right to Governor Green's door. We are here to accept him into our community so he can see firsthand how it is. This is how many people don't feel comfortable and don't support this. The governor did not come out to speak. His constituent services director saying... He is actually not here today. He's off-site working, um, but I will make sure that is delivered to him today. Even some Oahu residents not liking the optics. It happened to them. We from Oahu, but we feel it. I feel it. Where is the governor? He should be out here hugging everybody. Now folks in attendance sharing a united message. They know decisions about tourism to West Maui need to be made, but they just want to feel like they're a part of that decision-making process. Not complicated. We want you to hear us. How, how can we start tourism again? How can you open back up for business? We lost everything. You haven't even told us how many people died. You don't allow us back to our homes. You don't allow us to see what's going on. You don't come outside to meet with us. You don't agree to help us with finance, with any kind of financial aid, any kind of relief effort. You hide, you obfuscate, and then you're pushing for tourism to return because you want to make money? What about us? Oh boy. Is it possible that there's $490 million meant for relief for the folks on Maui that is now gone? Because that's exactly what we're hearing ground level, ladies and gentlemen. Do not go anywhere. Our live interview from Lahaina. The truth about what's really going on behind those closed doors next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wendy Bell Radio program. You know, I can't get any good news, any kind of intel I believe, any kind of factual data, anything believable from Maui. What do we know? What's happened? What are residents doing? What's the effort to rebuild? How many people were dead or have been killed? How many have been displaced? What is going on? It's the same darkness that you have in Ukraine. Why is it we've seen no battle video? We've seen no images of war. We've seen no tally. We have no idea where our money is going. There's no X's and O's. There's no flow chart to show you. Same way as as Maui. You're on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. Well, when there's federal disaster aid that's not getting to the people who've been affected by the disaster, Houston, we've got a problem. And that's when I call our friend Phil Smith, not his real name, but we've got to protect the innocent here because the folks in this government don't want people to know the truth. Welcome back, my friend. Give it to me now. What is going on in Maui? Aloha, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, Honestly, since the last time we spoke, it hasn't gotten better at all. It's actually gotten a lot worse. Um, You know, they've 
we were kind of discussing about like a lot of the millions in aid that has been coming in, and yet nobody on you know Ground Zero, myself, any of the fire survivors, or anybody have really seen it. Um, you know, the Hawaii Community Foundation is like the ultimate source for a lot of this aid that's coming through, and with the Hawaii Community Foundation, that's also realistically ran uh, by Vanguard. Um, they've been just taking all the donations and all the money that's been coming in and transferring it into other nonprofits. Now, once the other nonprofits start collecting that, those funds, those nonprofits are sharing it with other nonprofits. And by the time any kind of funding really makes it down to anyone, it's already gone. Wait a minute. How do you know you this? Know, How do you know this for a fact? Well, oh my God, we're, we're looking for funds. We're looking for aid. We're the ones going on the websites that they tell us to go to. And when you get on one website, Maui Nui Strong, it'll lead you over to another one, you know, uh, you, uh, Maui United Way. From Maui United Way, it'll lead you over into um, the Hawaii Community Foundation. From the Hawaii Community Foundation, it tells you, oh, I'm sorry, we're not taking any applications for any kind of financial assistance. You know, so it's one thing after the next, and anywhere that you go, it always leads you back into the same entity. And even on the entity's website, it literally lists who their stakeholders and everything are. So we automatically know where the money is going. The uh, Hawaii Community Foundation, the Red Cross, FEMA, and the hotels. You know, the hotels have about roughly, what, 10,000 rooms that they've been using this whole time, about 1,000 a night. You know, these, are, these aren't just the fire survivors that they're uh, housing. They're the homeless. You know, they're the FEMA employees. You know, some of the Red Cross employees are sleeping on cots inside the Civic Center now, but we used to have the Red Cross employees down, you know, in Wailea when they were first arriving. So there's a lot of funding that was there that was actually supposed to go to the people. However, none of that really made it to anybody. Um, we even had a senator uh, come out today who's at a protest on the island of Oahu. Um, this is a protest where Josh Green didn't even show up. You know, they had it right at the government building, and um, they were even talking about it. You know, there's no financial assistance for any of the small businesses, any of the residents outside the affected area, no financial assistance for residents on the inside of the hotels that are dealing with not only losing their homes, some of them have mortgages that they have to pay. You know, a lot of people that are outside of that burn zone have mortgages and rent that they have to pay. So right now, across the board, all of Maui, Hawaii, no one can afford their bills. And there has been no help. We just keep getting lied to over and over and over again about help is on the way, help is on the way. You have to tell uh, me this. Later today, I'm actually... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, later today, I'm actually going around giving gift cards out to people because I know some people need help. You know, I saw I saw something yesterday. We played the, the video from KHON there. Uh, the video of, of 15,000 signatures on a petition to tell the governor of Hawaii, wait a minute, you want to open up again to tourism on October 8th, if I'm not mistaken? Isn't that this weekend? How, how is that even possible? And then, And then they realize that he doesn't even care enough to be there. Oh, yeah. No, he, he, we haven't seen him around at all. Like, there was one day where he came in. He was actually, he did not even leave the airport. He did his whole briefing and everything there, brought chairs at the airport, got on a plane, and left. You know, this guy does not care for the community one bit. If he did, none of us would be having this conversation right now. 
Well, let's, you know, let's talk about your let's talk about concerned. let's talk about your mayor real fast. The mayor of Maui, this guy named Richard Bisson. So he he comes out yesterday, and I saw this on your uh, Twitter account, and I and I looked at it. and I'm like, wait, yeah. what? They're announcing a giveaway? I want you to or or money? This sounds promising. I want you to hear what he says, Phil, and then I want you to respond to it on the flip side. Here's the audio. We plan to do a gun buyback program sometime soon. No, no, that's not it. This is the, this is the, there we go. uh, I know, went and stayed with their family or friends or maybe church members uh, that were taken in. The person receiving them, in many, many cases, did not expect anything from them. Uh, The persons uh, going there seeking help uh, have also maybe not been able to, to offer any assistance themselves. What we want to do in partnership with the Red Cross, with CNHA, and the Hawaii Community Foundation is uh, offer $375 per person to stay with a host family. And that money will go directly to the host family. $375. He's trying to encourage residents in Maui to open their doors to house these fire victims, Phil, because the government isn't doing squat. And then, then they're going to get 375 bucks. What's that going to do? So that's honestly for the people that are willing to take people in. And there are a lot of us willing to help out the fire survivors right now. Um, with the October 8th opening, it's we're, we're understanding that, you know, what the fire survivors were lied to, you know, the, there is no aid for them. They can't find a place. They need to get out of these hotels because the hotels are pushing for tourism. So the mayor had no choice but to kind of go back to, hey, let's let the community take care of everyone. We'll give the community members who decide to take people in 375 a person to stay on their couch. Well, most of the people that live here, their rent is over 3000 a month. So 375 will not even make it to our November 7th deadline where we have to turn in our rent for three months, four months in some cases. So are we going to be pulling in these fire survivors for a month for 375 bucks, and then we're all getting kicked out and evicted? So let me get this straight. You know, so- people who have lost everything still owe... And the bills are due. And so the, the money ostensibly that one would think the federal government would use to assist has been siphoned off by other nonprofits, uh, not nonprofits, but, you know, businesses, essentially, and funneled to other places. So you guys are getting the ultimate shaft and the tab. Yes, ma'am. That is exactly correct. I don't even know what to say to that. But- for, for us to really help out, and I mean, let me paint a bigger picture. There are a lot of families that are fire survivors. It's not just a bunch of single people. This didn't happen on a college dormitory or anything like that. These are, these are families. Are we going to separate the families? Let's say you have a family of four. Oh, your kid can go somewhere else. I can take a, you know, a couple. That, that doesn't work, so you automatically want to help four people. Well, now you have one bedroom. You're helping four people. The county's given you 1500 a month for six months. You're stuck with a whole family for that duration trying to help them out. Now, we in Hawaii, we on Maui right now, we're not even caring about that money because, honestly, we know it's probably not even going to come through based on everything that we've learned from these past three months with our governor and mayor. We're willing to help out the fire survivors if they need us. 
they know it. They can literally leave Kalanapali, come up north, Honokawai, all the way up to Nepali, and we will house them. We don't even care about the money. If they need a place to stay, we will help them out. But having at the same time them offering this 375 just really opened up the doors to us knowing that, one, the fire survivors can't get long-term housing. There's no options for them here or in the future. We are their only only option now to keep them on island. And at the same time, the only option for us is hopefully avoid being evicted. I don't even, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you say to that? I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say. You guys are, are the nexus of yet another money laundering operation. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And we feel that, too. I mean, for us, it's, it's we'll, we'll take people in. We will. And we'll, if we have to suffer for it, we suffer for it. If we have to lose our place for it, hey, at least we help somebody for a month or so. And a lot of people are on the same page. We're actually inviting people in from the hotels that we know. We're calling them. We're letting them know, hey, we got your back. Come up to us, you know. Some people even offer to just camp out on the properties and everything, and everybody's really fine with it, the people that really live here. The people that don't live here right now haven't really offered up their places. I mean, these are the mansions we're talking about. The other places, the vacation rentals, have opened up their doors to uh, take in fire survivors, but the ones that offered it up at an affordable rate, those units have already been taken, and those are far from few. The rest of the units that are there, people are still trying to make that vacation rental money off of long term, which is somewhere around 3000 to some places 10000 a month. Like there are doctors that live out here and say, oh, we can't even afford that. You know, but a lot of these owners decided, hey, you know, the Red Cross is going to pay anything. We'll go ahead and, you know, up our rates, post it online, say we'll take a fire survivor, and they've just been sitting empty. So you think the, the so residents... you think no home you, to get into. You think the residents there know that that their government hates them and doesn't is never going to come to help them? They know this? Oh, my God. The, re, the residents absolutely know that. We literally went to one of our uh, community town halls here last week. And I'm pretty sure a lot of America and a lot of your viewers, you saw a lot of the footage and everything coming from it and how upset most people were. Um, With with that community meeting, it just literally set the flame. You know, they, they did the protest today on Oahu, and the governor hasn't showed up for anything. The only time the governor was at any kind of meeting was at the early stages when they were talking about the 15-minute city, you know, the smart city but idea he got and up and he that walked out. That yeah, he, yeah. he got up and he walked out, though. That is the leadership. That, <laughs> yeah, he right? got, yeah. Before the testimonials, he left. Wow. I want, I want to put you on a brief and hold. And he purposely does. Right, I know, of course. I want to put you on a brief hold here, Phil, because I, I want to talk to you about this trip that your governor, Josh Green, recently made. You know, Lahaina is struggling beyond words. People lost everything. People lost everyone. And Josh Green goes to the United Nations and says something that will literally leave you speechless. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. 
Well, let's get back out to Maui. Our friend, not his name, but it is who you know him as. Phil Smith is joining us. He is a resident there in Hawaii. He's been he's been our voice of logic, of reason, and facts on the ground. And I want you, Phil, I want you to listen to this, okay? you. This is posted on your own Twitter fa- feed, so you know what it is. This is your governor. Josh Green, apparently a couple weeks ago, he's not working in, in Hawaii to help the people who've lost everything. He's not there. He's at the United Nations dropping something ridiculous. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. We plan to do a gun buyback program sometime soon. We were all, we we're going to announce it, and then the fire occurred, uh, where we spend a million dollars to buy guns back because of the trauma that exists from gun violence. There's things that we're so committed to, and I am stunned that, that we have to do this so quickly. But you know what? It's a great honor to get to be the first family. I will tell you this, though. We're trying to accelerate everything and do things what people normally did in four years, we're trying to do it in one because there's just so much need. There's so much need, Phil. He wants to take people's guns away. Go, tell me what you thought. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know what? A majority of Hawaiians out here and everyone that kind of lives out here, their main phrase is thou shall not infringe. Okay? Our, our crime is skyrocketing through the roof. And they're offering $1 million to buy back people's guns. I mean, how much are they giving per gun if people were, let's say, wanting to do this? You know, um, people have been actually denied their right to carry. There's so many lawsuits that are happening right now across Hawaii um, on every single island because people are having issues getting their license to carry. We're talking about citizens. Um, There was actually a lot of uh, legal immigrants who fought back, hired lawyers, and actually got the rights to carry and get permits for guns here in the state of Hawaii. So Hawaii, I don't know if anybody's told you, America, but we love our guns out here. You know, we have we have a gun range 20 minutes down the road from us. But for him to say that is ultimately another step in the direction that he's going to, which is, it's, it's un-American. You know, we know his bosses, his leadership have told him to say it and go this route. You know, he follows the U.N. more than he does America. And this isn't how a governor should act. You know, so a lot of people's rights have been taken away. And more and more now with the hotels and nonprofits getting all the aid and no financial assistance coming to anybody, really, we really see what the governor's trying to do. And By the unfortunately, way, his, he's losing. His, his one-year statement, too, we got to squeeze this in, right? we got a year to go. we got to, we got to squeeze this in. It's almost like they know there's going to be a big change coming, my friend, and they have to try to ru- well, the, ruin it for everybody before the, that. Yeah, the change is basically this. So his idea for this one-year plan, and he's already implemented it um, within this past year, before the fires, um, the gun-free zones. So he started small. He started little pockets of it. Now he's going to be expanding those gun-free zones. And the more gun-free zones that he puts out, no one's allowed to carry into those. That's his way of bypassing everything. So ultimately, you're just going to be stuck at home with a specific weapon that you can't have more than 10 um, rounds for in a magazine. You know, this is the kind of laws that he's trying to push for. But on the other hand, lying to the public and saying, oh, you know, we're we're dealing with a lot of issues and everything. Actually, mainland America is dealing with a lot of murders and stuff like that. Hawaii has not. The reason for that being is a lot of landowners and property owners own guns. You don't want to go on to someone's property because you know, chances are, they're going to have a gun. 
You know, so for him coming out and doing this buyback program, no one's going to really do it. No one's going to go ahead and voluntarily give up their guns, especially all the people I know that have their guns out here. We're talking military veterans, Marines, mm-hmm. you know, Army, Air Force, Navy. No one's going to give up their guns out here. Right on. No way. Tell us again how we, before we run out of time, I, I want to know how you've been doing with your funding, uh, your fundraiser. I know we got some folks here who paid attention to, to you last time who chipped in. Uh, how's it going and how can we help? It is. It's going really good. Um, it is a slow process. You know, we do have a lot of changes and everything, but uh, we're on Give, Set, and Go, Maui underscore buyers. If anyone wants to donate and assist, um, what, we're, what I'm doing is basically taking those funds. We have a small group of people. We are turning those funds into gift cards for $500 and going out and giving them to um, families, people that are in need. We're talking single moms. We're talking uh, seniors. You know, people that really, really can't work right now need funding, have a place to stay, or not have a place to stay. We're not really discriminating against you. We're just looking for people that need to pay a bill or two and get it out of the way. Some people's insurance aren't really giving them that much extra time and are canceling their insurances before they can even get, you know, paperwork or anything in. What kind of response uh, so are you we're getting? trying our best to help anybody. What kind of response do you get from people who you give one of these gift cards to? Uh, tears is usually the number one thing um, that we get. People just start crying. Uh, the gift card thing, I started right at the beginning. We were getting, like, small Venmo donations for, like, 50 bucks or something like that, and I'd give someone a $50 gift card. Um, now, with actually the help from your viewers and uh, Twitter, uh, we were able to collect about $3,000, and tomorrow I'll be going and give um, either six gift cards for 500 but depending on how many people need aid, we might even split that down and go 12 gift cards for 250 each. This Just to is, try to help as many people as we possibly can. This is you guys doing the job of government when government sucks because they don't care. Oh, yeah. America, learn, learn this lesson. You know, when when stuff hits the fan over on the mainland, you guys just go ahead and start a gift send go because that's the only route we're going to be able to get money to you. It's amazing. It's not going to come through the Red Cross. No. It's not going to come through FEMA. I want not to, coming through our government. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all you do. You are a warrior. Give, send, go. Maui underscore fires. I, I just thank you for always coming back. Keep in touch with me. We'll get you back on and let people know what's really going. This is how we get our news, ladies and gentlemen. You're not getting it from MSNBC. You ain't getting it on the New York Times. You're getting it from Phil on Maui. And we're blessed to have him. All right, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program and perhaps the biggest story nobody will talk about today. We will next.